This podcast is brought to you by our partners at 8 Star Energy. 8 Star Energy, a clean energy company, leading the future of portable and renewable energy. To find out more, follow them on Facebook at 8 Star Energy. I want attacking purpose for football all the time. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. And it puts Graham back in front. I don't know about you guys, but if I see one bloke walking out of here, give the pat on the back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal. From inside the centre. F***. <laughs> <laughs> G'day folks, welcome to Danny Boyd, a podcast about the greatest football club in the multiverse, that is the Footscray Football Club, but try to limited, trading as Western Bulldogs. My name is Danny McGinlay, I know, well, let's not even bother with stats, here's Tom Boyd, hello. Yes, good, be, good to be here, um, very exciting episode coming up with uh, one of my absolute favourites, one of the happiest men on earth by the looks of his uh, ever smiling face, uh, Brad Johnson's with us today, uh, welcome Brad. G'day Boydie, g'day Danny, it's great to be with you guys, thanks for the opportunity to jump on. What do you mean? Thanks for the opportunity. You're like a you're genuine. Like we say, bull god for so many players who are you know premiership heroes and everything. But you're a genuine bona fide bull god. You should be. You know, you should have a statue out. You should be next to Ted at Witten Oval. You're a genuine proper hero. Look, Danny, that's really kind of you. I really, I really appreciate, I really appreciate that. But I'm not too sure. The the one thing about the the statue, there was talk at one stage that. That Charlie Sutton was was going, you know, the estate that's across the road from the yeah, club. Yeah. There was talk that there was going to be a roundabout about fifty meters down, and it was going to be EJ kicking to Charlie Sutton. Oh, in, that's a great uh, idea. That would have been brilliant. That was the that was the talk at one point, and maybe we can bring that uh, to life. I reckon that'd be an awesome thing if uh, if the club pulled that off, especially yeah. with the new redevelopment they're doing at the moment. That's right, mate. They've got enough cash for it from all I can understand. <laughs> um, mate, I actually, it's funny that uh, you say that he should have a statue. It's really um, one of the things that I've often spoken about. When I first came to the Bulldogs, the most daunting thing about the change from the Giants to the Bulldogs was walking in and looking at all those banners on the wall of all the life members that are with oh, him. Right, so you've, yeah. got the, you've got the legend life banners, you've, you know, you've got all the heroes of the footy club. And I'm walking in, I'm like, at the last footy club, no one had played more than 15 games. <laughs> um, do you still uh, get a bit weirded out when you see yourself up there, mate? Yeah, no, guaranteed, mate. It's, um, yeah, look, I've, it's it's one of those things that you sort of appreciate and, and all that sort of stuff. But it's it's the back of just putting in, you know, years of years of hard work and and just being involved in a, in a club that I love. So I was passionate about it. I, I love the place, still do love the place and, um, love seeing the boys, you know, really succeed and, and do well, especially in the current current environment. And and what you know, boy, you achieved in 2016 was just blew our minds, mate. It was it was honestly sensational. So all that put together, um, you know, just puts the club in a in a really good space for the future. And do you know, Brad, that uh, just speaking on 2016, I mean, we, we go back and forth all, all, all over in this podcast, We will, but 2016 will, it is a recurring theme, I think it's mentioned <laughs> several times every episode. <laughs> um, did you know, you probably do know, but for the, for the listeners who don't know, the famous Mark Knight poster of the mm. 2016 Premiership, the big smiling bulldog, you know that's based on you. No, 
Did I didn't his know that. smile was based on your <laughs> smile. <laughs> Mate, anything with a big smile, it can be attributed to. Uh, to so, you I, and the Mona Lisa. I, that's all you, it is. I'm a bit nervous now because you've been so positive, Danny, off the top, you know, statues and uh, the, the oh, post yeah, yeah. and all that. I'm, I'm waiting for this to go, go sideways. I've got 17 <laughs> questions from Bubba Smith, basically just <laughs> ask you all about the worst parts of your career. So that's coming later. Uh, that's, that's perfect. Look, we won't talk about my Norm Smith voting as well, boy. Oh. <laughs> we actually probably should, I think. Yes, I, I, don't, I didn't know you were part of that. That's brilliant. <laughs> I don't know what it is, so it's just going to be a real discovery. This is like full <laughs> authentic reaction because I don't know who voted for who. I just know that Wayne Carey gave me three. I think that's okay. okay. So hang on. Go, 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 don't go too- yes. You were in them, guaranteed, but yeah. <laughs> it's just that, just where is <laughs> what what is how does the 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 voting work? I mean, I, I thought it was all secret. You don't know who this, you know, no, tribal council it. is. Okay. Yep. And so yeah. well, Brad, tell us, how, how do you get selected? Well, I just got asked to uh, to be a part of the the uh, the day and and look, yeah, they they published I think in the past they they didn't publish it, but I think with with uh, you know the whole aspect around it, they just publish the votes. Yeah. I think that's I think that's fair as well. Um, everyone's got different opinion on uh, on uh, on on the voting process. But look, it was it was it was one of those days that I was extremely nervous anyway with uh, with, the, yeah. with the dogs in their first grand final and being there live and and watching the watching the boys, let alone trying to focus on who was um who was playing well and, and who wasn't. So now three quarter th- throughout the game, I was watching it and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then three quarter three quarter time, the AFL. Uh, one of the one of the um, staff members was sort of with me from three quarter time onwards, just seeing where the state of the game was at. If it's a blowout, you could probably get your your um, your votes in a bit a little bit earlier because yeah. it was so tight. It was right at the uh, right at the last minute, pretty much. As soon as the siren sounded, I had to uh, cast cast my vote. So I gave one to the great man sitting beside you, Danny. <laughs> Played just a fantastic won. fantastic game. I. Um, I gave uh, I gave three to three to JJ on the on on the day and um, and two to Kennedy from from the Swans. Yeah, I thought okay. was actually um, I, I brought know, him pretty, up a lot. He was yeah, phenomenal. pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, good. A pretty good. Pretty good game. So, but what was it you're, about you're, JJ's? You're awesome, sorry, what was what was it about JJ's game that you particularly latched onto on the day? Yeah, look, I think it was just his his run and and drive really did set things up. I think early on and and really um you know the Swans when they did attack hard JJ got the ball in his hands was able to clear clear quite effectively and yeah. and just play a, a super game of footy I, I thought um, but look it was it was tight you know like even the even the bond no one really talks about the bond on that day he was probably the most effective user of the ball yeah. um, on the on on grand final day I know he was right up there in the in some of the some of the ratings but but ultimately you know Bordy with what you produced was was just sensational, mate. That last goal, we'll never forget. Still get gooseys, mate, thinking about it. And uh, and and yeah, it was tough. It was it was honestly yeah. tough. And I sit back now, and if if the dogs ever made it again, and you get asked that question, I'd say I'd say no because I want to just sit. You got to sit back and just enjoy the the whole yeah. aspect. I'm not add layers of nervousness of of wanting to get that voting right, knowing that it's published as <laughs> as so, well. So did you get asked before the game or during? <laughs> What was that? Did you get asked to do it before the game or during? Yeah, yeah no, no, before the oh, game. I was about to say, you like got to three-quarter yeah. time and they're like, okay, so you now don't need to vote. I was like... You know, I do think about it, Woody, every now and then. It, just when I'm sort of sitting around, I go, if I had given you three, mate, you would have tied with JJ. So maybe... <laughs> oh, <laughs> so don't I sort of, oh, 
because we do have a relationship that goes way back, mate, uh, in terms of your work through the AFL Academy. And yeah, that's um, true. You know, I love getting to know you coming through the ranks and seeing what you were able to produce, and then. You did it on the big stage, and it was uh, it was awesome to watch. Have they ever had uh, dual Norm Smith medalists? I can't think of it ever happening. Well, really? I don't know what would happen. Would it they goes, go to, goes to the breakdown, right? Goes to the like um, best on ground. How many best ons you had? Yeah. I think so. Like oh, throughout the, the season. No, no, no. The hierarchy yeah. of the way the votes come out. So yeah. if it's like if, if someone got two best ons and then someone got three oh, second okay. best ons, I think they go for the guy who had two best ons. That's right. I, th- yeah, I think that's what. status. Yeah. Gotta love that. Boydy says throughout this entire podcast history, Boydy's all like, "I don't care. It doesn't matter. You seem to know a lot about the rules." I didn't even know that John <laughs> voted. So. <laughs> In my defence. <laughs> yeah, but you knew the duck voted, so... <laughs> yeah, well, I've been told, like, you know, 500 times, oh, the big forward voted for the big forward, and I'm like, okay, mate. I'm really thinking about Love this it. stuff every single day. Love know? it. So that's why I went for the little guy running off halfback, mate. Oh, well, it, actually, people don't really know much about... Um, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, when did you get up halfback in your career? <laughs> Only when you hadn't gotten into the game yet, you know. Yes. Um, not many people actually know about uh, your time. I don't think within the AOS uh, Academy. Yeah, uh, I don't know. This. When did you? When did you two meet? Oh, what year were you? What year did you go through? Two thousand thirteen. Did you just do yeah. one year? No. Nah, so I I was involved from about two thousand twelve. I reckon probably twelve months prior to yourself. When I when I retired, I went to the AFL. I did an internship for twelve months. So I was just. I was a 35-year-old working experience. <laughs> no, but it was honestly one of the best things that I've ever done um, in terms of going through spending a couple of months in each department, learning the ropes of how it works in the in the big house. And I spent most of probably the last half of the year in in development. That was the that was a bit I loved the most. You sort of yeah. got out of the office a little bit, got amongst it, and then from that. Um, was able to dip the toe in in the water with the AIS Academy. It was back then, yep. and then. Um, and then was lucky enough to get a job in it the following the following year. So it was it was great fun. I've worked in it ever since. This is the first year this year that I just won't be able to commit to what uh, Tark and Lockie is doing with the AFL Academy guys. But outside of that, it's been a been a great ride. We we've had some great camps right throughout. Yeah. You know, boy, you you went to Europe, but we 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 changed it in the end, and we um, ended up taking the boys to the USA and the IMG Academy in in Bradenton, Florida, which was just an oasis in the in the middle of nowhere and. The facility was was sensational, and so we do some good camps all around the country too. Yeah. And, the, and the, the best players, like they're easy to coach because they're so driven in terms of wanting to be successful and and become you know great AFL players. Uh, there is one story I want to ask you about, Jono, from that time. This has just popped into my head. Well, two stories popped in, but I'm only going to ask you about one because we'll I'll other, ask about the other one. We'll leave you leave the other one on the shelf. But do you remember we played uh, we played a game at Surrey Park, Surrey Sports Park, or whatever it was, against the European Legion, mm. and. They had this guy, um, Podrick, I think his name was, who ended up playing at Geelong, uh, the Ruckman. Yeah. And in, the, in the first half, he had lit a few of our boys up, just smashed them. And Mickey O comes out to us at halftime. This is supposed to be like an exhibition match. And he's like, are you seeing what they – I'm going to keep the language relatively not explicit. But basically the gist of it, are you seeing what's happening to your teammates? We're not just going to win. We're going to bash these guys. <laughs> now, these were guys were all like, there was guys from Italy, there was guys from like Russia. All playing Aussie rules. Yeah, so it was like an exhibition legion. Yeah. Okay. Mate, Mickey O was on the sidelines coaching as hard as he ever had, 
trying to get us to basically annihilate all of these guys who didn't know how to play Aussie rules because they all had rugby backgrounds. And, mate, it was one of the strangest games of footy I've ever played. It was Mickey 40 o, degrees. Mickey O had a great mix. He really did. He? did a, he could have some fun, Mickey O, and he was, uh, he was a laugh and, and didn't forget that side of it. But he got serious at, at different oh, stages. And the, so the competitive beast in, in Mickey O would always, would always come out. I, I thought he was a great coach. I also remember, I don't know whether you're, he actually got you out on the road to do knuckles at any point. Oh, uh, yeah. Really, More than a few times. You, know, was a, you couldn't be late with, with Mickey O. You had to be 10 minutes early pretty much. And if, if one guy was late, you'd let the team down. He'd, he'd be knuckles on the road, push-ups yeah. and Push punishments. Oh, right. I thought, like, the schoolyard just belting each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the AIS didn't subscribe to corporal punishment, uh, but yeah. we did do basically the, the next adjacent thing, which was push-ups on gravel or <laughs> on your knuckles. How many would you have to do? Yeah, oh, we didn't do that many. Just, it was more like the, the time that you made to – like, it was a minute for each push-up. Like, you just have to hold it for ages. Yeah. It wasn't okay. Yeah. But uh, look, we had a lot of fun along so the way. So much fun. The, the boy, the, honestly, every every group that I've been through, the the talent that's there is unbelievable, and the but the discipline is is phenomenal. It's very rare. It's more it's more trying to keep it real, to be honest with you, because these guys are coming from, and majority of them come as the best from their clubs, and all yeah. of a sudden they're put into an environment where others are equal, if not better. But and and I think it's it's for us was more making it real in what environment they were possibly going to walk into into an AFL environment. It, it's tough. It's it's a fight. You know yep. what I mean? You got to fight for your spot. You got to. You're always getting judged. All that sort of stuff. It's not just walking around playing well every week against um, against your mates and against others your own age. And then also it's it's you know coming up against a 25 year old who might have had a poor year the year before and you're playing the same spot. He, he will fight for it. So yep. there are those elements. As much as they're your teammates, they still fight for their for their spot in the team because everyone's playing the 22. How different was it for you growing up, Brad? Like, did you go to any academy type things or, or were you just brought no, in and, and, yeah. and who was your first coach? Was it Alan uh, Joyce? So I was, I was, I was just before all the draft camps and stuff. So I was drafted then to 93. So my first coach was Terry Wheeler. Okay. So when I first walked in and then he got, he got the sack round two of my first year in '94. I remember that the cats. And then, just yeah, ended down him. the cats, down the cattery, thumped them, and the then thumped the boys. <laughs> and then from that, uh, Alan Joyce was uh, was was appointed coach. So Joycey coached for for a few years. Then Terry Wallace took over. Then Peter Rode. Then then Rodney Ead. So had a few coaches along the way. Who was your favourite? Oh, look, they honestly they, they all had different impacts. I still remember Terry Terry Wheeler. Um, I still remember the way that. That he coached and and just the way that he, he made us remember our our trademark or the leadership aspect around what he was trying to produce then I still remember that pretty much to to this day because you go through a number of programs throughout the career but I don't know that just had a real impact on me under his guidance and then Alan Joyce gives me my first opportunity in footy so you know yeah. you always you always thank the coach that that gives you that. he taught me some life lessons as well in terms of dropping me and handling you know being dropped and um, and some of the disappointments that come in the game. And then, excuse me, Terry um, Terry Wallace was sensational. He was um, he, he he had the right mix of of coach and and uh, having a bit of fun with the guys and and really sort of um, motivated us in a in a really positive positive way to get us going. Because we, we ninety six when he took over, we finished fifteenth, and ninety seven we we lose a grand final, we miss out on a grand final by a point. So it was a massive massive turnaround. Yeah. I think the competition. Uh, Brad, hated you, you you're mixing history there. Um, uh, we we miss out on grand final by a terrible goal umpire decision. <laughs> Sorry, Liver I, kicked the goal. 
<laughs> I was in the goal score. I should have said. I should have. I should have said that. But you had but a go at him. There's footage of you having a go at that goal umpire, isn't it? Yeah, it was a. a in, if we had score review these days, we would have played in the grand final. Absolutely, so, man. I was. I was two rows back. I, yeah. I saw it go through for a goal we, as well. Exactly. So I'm not. I'm not alone. You're the first person that's ever backed me up on that one, Danny. Oh, really? So, no. Every, all of the bulldog, <laughs> the entire bulldog empire, will back yeah, you up on that. Yeah, liver, liver, liver was pretty straight. He doesn't celebrate too much, and he was up on Brett Montgomery's shoulders pretty yep. much. You know what <laughs> I mean? So that that just showed that uh, he knew it went uh, it went through. But oh, look, we were twenty odd points up at three quarter time, so mm. we can only blame ourselves for not. Um, no, no, know, no. I'm yeah, yeah, we, we, to blame. We, we kicked six points. We kicked six points in the last quarter, six yeah, behind. Yeah. So Brad, the, yeah, we had the, chances to win. The it. greatest thing I've learned about history is that you don't have to tell the truth. You just don't <laughs> <have to> tell. <laughs> Danny, I've, I've got a strong education in Bulldogs history from Danny next to me, having been a Carlton supporter growing up, and I can honestly say that I haven't fact-checked one thing that Danny said. So Please don't. So, Libra kicked the goal, and Damn we straight. got absolutely screwed out of a grand final appearance. That's what I learned. <laughs> and look, Rhoda, Rhoda filled that role, and... and um, and Rodney Ede was 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 brilliant as well. He took us to he took us as individuals and a team to a level we we didn't know existed, especially us, us older guys who were 27, 28 when he turned up and thought we we're at the ceiling of where we could be as players um, in the competition. And he took us to a, a whole new level in terms of the way he coached and tactically what he what he was able to produce. While we're on painful subjects, just to sort of just get it over and done with, what hurt more? 97, 98, 09. Because no, 09, we got that. Oh, not yeah, cool. Because again, yeah. uh, just to educate you, Tom Boyd, I was watching. Yeah. I was a big Nick Revolt's winning goal, yeah. quote unquote, was touched. Mm. Uh, there was a fair, some very. I can still remember three umpiring decisions from that game of uh, Acker kicking it 150 meters up the ground that dribbles out, and they called it deliberate. Mm. And yeah, look, it was oh, that, that that was put. It just depends on where you're at at the career because you talk to others and 97, 98 for the older guys would have been that. But yeah, when you're so sure. young, it's like, yeah, you'll get many more opportunities. And um, 08, 08, we weren't quite ready, although we had we had a good year. 09 was the one when we went seven points up in the last quarter. And then the turning point in some ways was, yeah, Nick Nick got pushed over by Brian just after halftime. And goals just a bit so of, hard. Just a bit so of hard by, So hard to come by. And he kicked one. He kicked an easy one. Yep. And that just changed a little bit of the momentum of the game. But tactically, we set up so well that game. The last quarter under pressure, we probably started going a bit more down the line and safe rather than what we did all game and get them offline because Ross Line had them structurally set up so well that we were able yeah. to kick through them a little bit with some of the tactics. But, you know, once again, um, you know, uh, we walk off with our, our tail between our legs and don't make a, don't make a grand final. But it Anyway, it was all it was all rectified by well, boys. If it makes you we feel, all, well, we all go back to you, mate, in 2016 because yeah, yeah, wiped all that pain away. If, if it makes you feel better, Jono, that 2009 team and make the prelim in 2010 as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So 910, you literally made me love watching footy, watching the Bulldogs teams play because football had gotten to like a weird stage. At least in so I was uh, 2010, I was 15. So I was kind of going into that like, all right, I'm ramping up to play, right? Um, I want to play AFL, I want to play AFL. And I was watching the, the pace of the Bulldogs game and I was like, this looks like so much fun to be a forward. Because like the five years before that, it wasn't quite the same. Like there was a lot of like long down the line, slow ball movement. The Brisbane had just beaten people up for four years. <laughs> like I remember all of that. They're sort of my formative uh, footballing years. And then to watch that, I was like, football is exciting again. Yeah, it was. It's quite funny because 
Rodney Ead, when he first walked in, boy, he goes, <laughs> he, we did like we did match Sim in a way. And he called us in, he goes, what are you boys up to? Seriously, what are you doing? Like, this is just ridiculous what I'm watching. And in his mind, I think he had defense in his mind. Yeah. And he's like, nah, we, we've got to free this up. We've got, to, we've got to allow you to attack. And we were just like, you beauty. Finally, we've got that coach that's going to allow us just to run run right out there. So it was it was, it was was a good time to have him as coach. He tried to wheel, uh, reel us back in a little bit defensively as the years went on, but I think we're all a lost cause. Yeah, that's, yeah. We're, we're just going 100 mile an hour. Attack <laughs> was the best way. defense. Yeah. Attack but was, was the best still, defense. It was still sure. one-on-one footy. It's not, it's not a key forward battling four defenders. Nah, um, it. it was still one-on-one footy, so it was, it was good to be a part of that. So what was your like, – we've got all the, the negative. What's your most positive memory of your footy career? Because I've got a theory of your, your happiest day, but I want to yeah. ask you before I, before oh, I lead the witness. Yeah, the best one is your, no doubt your first game. It's it's okay. something that just um, just sits sits well with you. Remember, I remember most most things that that happened that day, and it was so it was it round was, one ninety four. Nah, so that was about round sixteen ninety four. Okay, uh, was my was my first go. I just turned eighteen um, wow. about a week or so prior to that, and then um, yeah, played Collingwood at the Witten Oval. Tony Shaw's record breaking game. Actually, oh, actually got a little bit lucky because. The week before was when Doug broke the record at uh, at the Whit Noble, um, and Smitty Smitty oh, when got you beat Geelong. Yeah, Smitty got hit yep. by Gary Ablett Senior and broke his collarbone. So mm. Smitty going out of the side opened up a door. So I was able to uh, I was able to come into the into the team uh, then and play my first game, and it was it was huge. We had a massive win at the um, at the Whit Noble and experiencing that for the first time. The last game of the Whit Noble was another highlight against West Coast. That was, oh, I was there. That was that huge. Was brilliant. You know, that was. That was massive. The faithful just, you know, turning up and, and going nuts for that, that was last that the, game. Is that the match where um, one of our players uh, goes up to a, a West Coast player at the start? Of, I think it might be Danny yeah, Southern. Welcome to yeah, Footscray. Yeah. <laughs> all, the defend, all the defenders went, went up to Michael Gardner and <laughs> <laughs> had, a good, had a good crack at him. Um, while he was young, he can certainly handle himself, Michael Gardner. We've seen that throughout oh, yeah. his career, but he was young at that point and um, yeah, we, I didn't even know that was happening. That was just the defenders, I think. Just <laughs> and said, Let's, uh, we're going to make him sort of earn it today, put him on the back from the start and show the faithful that we're, that we're pretty serious. And that was, that was a big one. Um, so, look, there's, there's, honestly, it's, for, for me, it was just the, the love of, of running out every, every week. It was just a massive adrenaline rush, honestly. Um, okay. and, yeah. and that's why I, I didn't miss too many along the way. So I got a bit lucky in that in that sense that I was able to sort of be rolled out every week and, and enjoy playing footy in the colours. Yeah, I um I couldn't disagree with you more about the first game. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we played at we were playing for the Giants. It was round uh, five over in over in sorry, against Adelaide in Adelaide. First game at Adelaide Oval. Ooh. Danger had twenty five and a kick three at halftime. So <laughs> I don't know what experience you had, mate, but I got abused more on that day than I have for the entirety of the rest of my life, I think, by the Adelaide fans. So, Our, We'd been around a little bit longer than uh, <laughs> yeah. at that point, so we had, we, had some, uh, we had some big boys floating around uh, still playing at the club when, we, uh, when, I was, when I was going. Like Steve Crediuk and, and, and these guys, Granny, they, they were just monsters. They were, they yeah. were absolute brutes, you know what I mean? And what we had running through the midfield and the strength was was – 
25 to 30 year old just solid grown grown men playing hard it was yeah. uh yeah you know steve wallace off the half back line that luke beverage played you know my first did you say steve wallace and played hard at the same sentence <laughs> yeah he was tough, mate he was he was seriously tough we we played West Coast in my first year, last of a game, um, and Steve Wallace hit Brett Heady, Heady and oh, hit him with his back, and it was seriously. I wasn't too far away from it. it the sound I'll never forget. It was. I can't was even imagine. Oh, knowing Steve really well, I can't even imagine him being tough. So he is. He is he the was. nicest guy you've ever you've ever met. Yeah, he, you know him well, and he's a he's a legend. The, the time that he spent with me with my kicking. Was was ridiculous in yeah. terms of the hours he'd put in after after training. Um, that's the type of guy that that he is. Um, but yeah, he was tough, seriously tough. So you can pass that on, boy. Yeah, I had dinner with him last week, and he spent the whole time chuckling and like giving me a shoulder massage. So I'm like, when, when did this tough bit end and this new Steve start? Is my real question. Um, uh, we all mellow in in. in yeah. You've always been nice, boy. So you might go the other way. That's why it didn't work out for me, Brad. I was too nice for footy. I didn't have. I turned into an absolute prick as life goes on. Wasn't wasn't Barry Hall like that? Like an absolute pussy cat off the field. He, well, I was only with with Baz for um for twelve months, but yeah, he was he was unbelievable. He worked so well with the younger guys. He he had a bit of a point to prove, I think, too, with um, wanting to finish his career in in the right fashion. But he was. He was phenomenal. If we had ever had Baz 12 months earlier, yes. then it might have been a different story, just needing that key forward. Um, just unfortunately, at the end of 2010, we had a lot of guys that were playing that were just beaten up, three years of, you know, competing in top fours and just, just you know, were pretty much done by the, by the time the final series came around. But Baz was a legend, loved him, loved working with him. He was brilliant. I do remember the 2010 prelim. I don't know if you remember this, uh, Jono. You were warming up right in front of uh, me and my mate and uh, we were surrounded by very overconfident St Kilda fans. So we just kept screaming. Because you'd announced that you were going to retire at the end of the year. We just yep. kept screaming at you as you as you were warming up. Come on, Jono, it's your second last game. Go hard. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been nice if it, yeah. if it was. But, yeah, look, they, like – Hawley was like we thought we we're going all right at the club. Honestly, we thought we we're going all right in the gym. We were lifting heavy weights and thought you know all our record boards were, were up and all that sort of stuff. Hawley came in and smashed smashed them all. That's first, right. He's, he's still on the board till like, this day, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, this guy was a beast. Seriously, mm, so strong, powerful. I remember boxing with him for the first time, holding the pads. And you know, you sort of you know you do sort of that. And you, <laughs> you just sort of get a bit of a bit of a rhythm. I was my arms were flying like behind my head. Like that's how he was just power. He yeah. was he was a phenomenal athlete. Yeah, oh, man. Still, oh, still, 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 still to this day. Still I think is. Moz has got him on a couple of things, but not many. Yeah, really, Dale Morris. What? What do you in, don't think? In lifting weights over really? Barry Hall, yeah. just on the the height of them. Well, you got to remember. I mean, Jono would have been able to lift very heavy because you're sort of compact. Big chest. I imagine you would have been okay on the bench press, mate. And also, maybe you've spent a bit of time on the uh, the beach weights. I wasn't. I wasn't that good with squats and uh, no, 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 body. In the end, I think I was just doing body weight squats. Just, yeah. <laughs> just to you do look something. like you're built upside down. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> my favourite player of all time was Dermot Brown, and he was built exactly oh, like yeah. just a massive chest. <laughs> what was the old uh, the Greg champion? So it was barrel chest, pigeon legs. <laughs> that was what he used to call him. Um, mate, we, we probably should do a bit of a hard segue because I did uh, when I reached out to you on LinkedIn. I did really want to have a chat to you about um, this new venture of yours and and how it sort of 
um, came about, which is Xena, uh, Xena Apparel, would you call it? Or is it Xena yeah, Sport? Yeah, Xena Sport, yeah. Xena Sport. Um, Named mate, after the Warrior Princess? That's how it sort of came about. I thought Danny, so. Yeah, cool. about that, being, yeah. Our, being our era. Yeah. yeah. So bit, a, bit of a... Um, Bit of a left of field venture. I can't imagine that it was ever in your um, future predictions. Um, how did you end up getting involved? What's it about? Maybe give us a bit of a, a yeah. an insight into the Fuck. whole situation. Yeah, yeah no, awesome, buddy. It's um, it's been it's been an awesome ride. Last we've been going five years now. So Donna, my wife, um, was just at a at a game catching up with her girlfriend. Had two girls playing, and one came off with a, a knock to the breast. It's quite serious knock, and mm. was uncomfortable. And we just started to research what was out there. Um, in terms of specifically for the for the female athlete, and there there wasn't sort of too much around, so we went into that phase of trying to design something, and we had no idea what we were we were doing. To be perfectly honest with you, at the at the time, and we were researching, and we did our own research project down here in Geelong, talking to athletes of different sports. We did about three hundred and fifty participants, just getting intel on what they were going through on the court or on the field or anything like that, and it. And from there, we got some feedback, said, yeah, we've got to explore this further. So we ended up luckily finding a, a designer out of Sydney who worked for Skins for seven years, and she's, she was brilliant. We, we had no idea what we're doing. We brought her on board. We had a vest in our hands in six months' time, and we're able to go from that point, trial it, get involved with Deakin University, test it. We worked with the AFL in the early stages to make sure that it could jump straight into footy, which is what we were focused on. Um, and so... Three and a half years of four years of research and development, and we started selling at the start of 2020. So it's been it's been it's been great. Like it's we've basically done our own business degree in the last five years, yeah. um, just learning everything about business and and manufacturing and and selling and IP and and all the things that go with it. But the vest itself has got breast and rib protection. We've now just brought out a youth vest for eight to twelve year olds, which is a little bit smaller. And then we go now. Donna keeps getting you know, a lot of feedback from a lot of the athletes that are wearing it, um, you know, and there's all various reasons. They're young, they're returning mums, they're they're protecting implants, they're protecting broken ribs that they've had in the past and issues and, um, you know, they're going through their own health issues that they want to support themselves on return to sport. So it's opened up a whole world for us. We we absolutely, you know, love it. We love we love working on it. And it's been, it's been well received in the footy world. Um, of course, we've got a lot of AFLW girls wear it about 70 every week, which is, which is great. But we're involved in about, oh, I don't know, 30 plus sports at the moment. We're at the Tokyo wow. Olympics with the, with the Paralympic um, team with their goalball girls wearing it. So that was a highlight because I grew up loving the, the Olympic Games. And so we've, we've been able to branch to so many different sports that look to use something to protect themselves because it's so light and thin. Um, a lot of the girls don't even know they've got it on and they just go on about and, and play the game. It's It's been awesome fun. It really is has. It, is it women only or is there a few men with, uh, you know, with, with who are a bit larger in the pectoral area who could wear one? Nah, it's where we're purely female uh, female only brand. So um, that's that's something Donna's, Donna's really passionate about that and she's passionate about, you know, breast care and, and all those things that, that go with, um, you know, playing sport and trying to change those conversations instead of waiting to get injured to do something about it, yeah. which which we all did, to yep. um, to actually um, having something that you can wear that that won't restrict any of your movement the way you go about your sport that might be able to assist with some of the the heavier knocks, of course, but it's it's to do with some of the lighter ones that you're constantly getting as well. A lot of basketballers who wear it are getting a yeah. lot of knocks under the ring, just those little elbows all the time, or getting hit by the screen. They don't think too much about it, but when they wear the vest, they're like, oh, I'm recovering a lot better. I feel better. feel better in game. 
So it's yeah, it's been um, it's been good fun. Um, Jono, I, I uh, happen to work in a startup as well, and I think one of the most challenging things uh, at times is just having to wear fifteen different hats all at the same time. You're suddenly in marketing, you're in accounts, you're in you know operations, manufacturing. Oh, everything. Um, which of the uh, which of the many hats I'm sure you've had to wear? Do you reckon has been the biggest? Um, not challenge, but sort of eye-opener developing sort of experience for you, would you say? Yeah, but, uh, the, the IP side of things has been I've learned a lot and, and and I was never afraid to ask the questions or get someone in to try and help me. So that, that probably helped uh, a fair bit, but learning a lot about that and how it all works and bringing bringing all that together has been um, been challenging, but we've got through it, which is which is good. Look, we, we started selling during COVID. So that at the start of COVID, we, we launched a week before COVID hit. Oh, but fantastic we, timing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, we, in some ways we've been lucky because we've been able to focus on the business during this last two years as well as selling to the states that have been open. So we've just sort of moved with with the times as well, like like everyone else has, has tried to do on on what was open and what wasn't um, from that point of view. And yeah, so and, – and in sales, Boydy, my biggest problem was I could – I didn't mind talking about it, and I love talking <laughs> yeah. about it. I'm passionate about it, but but I couldn't bring the deals together. That, yeah. that, was, that was a bit of an issue. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. So so we're now after um after going for a good couple of years, and and the feedback that we've got, we're having a full crack at it at the moment. We're we're scaling as big as we can. We've got some really good people helping us do that, and and in the roles that we need it to, like being able to talk to the right people and secure the deals in the right way that aren't going to affect us as a business. So it's yeah. it's it's evolved into a really good spot at the moment and now we're we're just having a full on crack at it and see where it lands. What what's the uh, what's the end goal do you think um John? Are you looking at, you know, potentially having a range that's big enough to sort of combat the likes of 2XU and skins and Under Armour in just a slightly different niche, I suppose? Yeah, look, we're not we're not looking to go down that apparel phase at, at yep. this stage so now not not for us it's more just we, we want to be sort of the 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 most well-known brand in terms of women's protection and looking yep. after the looking after girls and, and and girls of all ages so so we'll evolve it like i said we started with our 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 vest that had been worn out we call it our z1 now we've got our youth vest as a second product which is a huge win to be able to to bring that to the that to the table and now we'll evolve some some other things over the next couple of years as well and keep building on the products that we've got and maybe in the future, Bordy, you know, if, if we can get to a point where we can, you know, achieve some of the goals that we're aiming to do, then we might, and the brand has sort of established itself a little bit. If we get to that point, then we might start looking at just basic apparel and bits and sure. pieces just to just to add that brand awareness with what we're doing. But there's there's so much to do. Like there, there, there really is. We're just starting out and it's uh, and it's good. And you know, Donna works the socials and does all that side of things, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's uh, it, it becomes a family business. It's uh, it's been an eye opener, but it's been fun. Is there in your research and development uh, something? You know, I'm just wondering if you any come across a comparison between. Because as men, we know getting kicked in the balls hurts because we will whinge about it nonstop. But we don't, a lot of men don't realise that getting you know, hurt in the breast is comparable. Has anyone worked out, like, where is that on the painometer? Oh, no, we, have, we haven't in terms of that. We, we know the feedback is extremely uncomfortable, so yeah. we, we know yeah. that. And, um, and obviously, um, you know, Donna has all those conversations with, uh, with all the athletes in, in regards to in regards to that side of um, side of things. And that's why we got involved with Deacon because we wanted a padding that was thin and lightweight, wasn't seen under the jumper. You can't even tell the girls are wearing it. 
um, yet uh, had a high absorption, so it spread the load of, of force. Um, so, so from that point of view, you know, the feedback's been great because what that experienced in the past, and then they wear the vest and they don't experience any discomfort at all. It's uh, it's a real positive um, yeah. through that, and we know with footy, the the rib aspect of things, and in lacrosse, the rib aspect has been been fantastic because that's where they're opening themselves up as much and getting hit through that through that period and we know the girls in the aflw have a fair crack they don't hold back when it comes to you know (laughs) wanting to hurt the opposition so (laughs) uh, it's it's game on so it's um so so it's it's been good brad have you uh considered the fact that just because it's so slim lined and you can't see it under the jumper that you're missing out on a whole heap of advertising (laughs) (laughs) the good thing is that on match day yes i understand that but we um we do have a lot. The good thing is it sits over a crop top or bra and it sits down, um, you know, to a really good sort of area. So <laughs> the, girls totally afraid, the girls aren't afraid to wear it just just on its own as well, which is a uh, which is a which is a good thing. So, oh look, it's um, I certainly get that point of it, mate. But the good thing is we can still do all our imagery and stuff in around um, in around what uh, trying to get the brand out there. Yeah. But yeah, we do we do miss that. We we need a couple of girls after the game just to whip the jumper off and uh, yeah, I do yeah. like the John Aloisi after the, getting the Socceroos into the World Cup just a bit of if we, I'm sure you could ask Bonnie too good just to <laughs> well either that or he just sponsors some some Xena sport tattoos on some shoulders <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll encourage the girls to get some ink and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea Brad I hope the the AFLW Bulldogs are getting these uh, items of clothing, you know, for you know, for, for free. The dogs have been brilliant, honestly. Yeah, and we we, we look after all the um, AFLW girls as best we can. A lot of the clubs are are involved with us, um, and yeah. So, but the the club in particular has has been awesome. And now that we're coming out of that that COVID period, the shops opening up, and we'll start doing a little bit more as the as the year goes on. But um, yeah, a lot of the clubs have been great, but the dogs in particular this year, with things opening up, we're starting to do a lot, a lot more. Have you got any um, prototypes that didn't work and could we, you know, just donate them to Collingwood and some <laughs> of the other clubs? Just just with finals coming up, we could use an advantage. Yes. Unfortunately not. We were lucky from the start that it, it. Uh, what we designed uh, actually didn't need too much tinkering with, so we, we got a bit lucky with that. Too much research, Jono. Um, yes, yes. Speaking of uh, uh, fancy ink, um, there's been a photo that's been going around, which I think segues nicely into Lister Mail. Um, Danny, if you wanted to ask the first question. Well, no, I wasn't going to ask this. I was disappointed. I think we should ask him. All right. All only, right. Because, only because of the tattoo. Okay. So uh, uh, someone on Facebook, I didn't, even photo, I didn't even write it down because I was, <laughs> I was, was so offended. I was so offended. Because like, he, he, this guy on Facebook goes, hey, what does he think of Moorcroft's mark? And I'm like, that's like getting to interview Nicolas Cage. And asking about the Wicker Man remake rather than <laughs> Con Air or, you know, one of his good films. So, but there is a tattoo going around of that. Um, I saw it on the Nuffies on AFL Facebook yeah, page. It was yeah. a great <laughs> website. Um, and I've spoken to the guy who runs that uh, anonymously just online. And uh, Bulldogs are very low on the ladder of Nuff representation. So well really? done, Dogs fans. But someone's got a tattoo of that mark. Yeah, and and nude as well, which is even better. Yeah, let me tell you, I, within within the first hour of that coming out, I had 10, 10 text messages yeah. exactly that that photo getting sent sent my way. So fair yeah. enough too. 
It was oh, it was seriously an unbelievable grab. I think we all sit back and admire how high he got when, he, was, when he took that hang up. It was the first time we'd played him after knocking him off in 2000. Uh, another great memory of yours. Yep. Although although I've seen you talk about it on uh, on Channel 7. You don't remember too much. You were a bit uh, concussed nah, that game. I was. I know what I did after the game was a, was a bit selfish. So I learned a lot. Trust me, I got a lot of feedback from teammates and coaches after that. that well, let me give you yeah. feedback from a fan. We loved it. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, will passion. Sometimes you get caught up in the in in the moment. But well, yeah, yeah, actually, you've reminded me. I'm, I was you 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 got the you 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 threw me off with your answer of uh, your favorite memory. I thought for sure you would say your three hundredth because. People talk about great 300th game, and I always go Kanye at the uh, at the awards going to Taylor. I go, I'm gonna let you finish. But Brad Johnson had the greatest 300th game of all time. Do you remember this match, Boydie? No, oh, I'm probably. I'm sure I watched it. Uh, Round one, 2008. Crows are up by two goals with four minutes left. Jono, I'm just. I'm going to rewrite history. Jono kicks all five goals. <laughs> to win us the match. You know, you kicked four out of five. But I, all I of them were remember. amazing. And uh, and fun fact, um, you kicked them all. The goal umpire was uh, Chelsea Roffey uh, at that end. And that was her first game. Really? Yeah. There you go. Mate, I... Yeah, no, I had a poor first half, but I, I got lucky in the second half. So, uh, um, so yeah, I, I was... Um, the ball fell my way a couple of times where I was just sort of standing by myself in the goal square. So, but anyway, you got to put yourself there, don't you? Yeah, you just got to get there, mate. And if the ball falls in your hands, that's what they always told us. Just get (laughs) there. And if, you know, if it gets lucky, you might get a couple. (laughs) I deliberately meant to stand there every every single time knowing (laughs) the ball was going to drop there. Um, But, you know, it was, it was honestly the, the whole build-up, the, the club was awesome. The way that the build-up was great. Um, it was great to run out with the kids and have Donna there. And um, and then the game, like the, like I said, the first half, I can't remember. I don't even touch the ball. Yeah. Uh, but the second half, I was able to, to get going um, and uh, and kick a few goals. And that last quarter was – I remember having a – I think it was – I think it was going for my fourth and Lindsay Gilby. I remember still he still stood next to me and he goes, you, you've got this from 50 metres out. I couldn't kick the ball 50. But just <laughs> was, was going. I was actually thinking he might have asked for the handball off. So that yeah. <laughs> he could launch it. But uh, but yeah, so it was and and Coons kicked this bullet to me out of uh, out of center bounce, which was which was just probably one of the best kicks I've ever received. It was it was unbelievable. Um, the 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 kick that he produced. It was just phenomenal. Now, John, I know you said the club really looked after you, but having played in Bob Murphy's 300s, did they let you design your own jumper? <laughs> no, I, I was shown the design, Woody, but I didn't actually design, <laughs> design the jumper. What would have your go-to been? What would it have been if you, if you had to put a feature on it? Because I think I think I remember Bob talking about it. And I think he was quite uncomfortable. They're like, "Nah, it'll be really good." And you know, you can put a bit of a vintage feel of it with the he red, co- the red collar. Oh yeah, I like that. What what um what would have your go to alteration been? Do you reckon? I think one of the one of the jumpers we did used to wear had a big bulldog on the front. It was actually ah, yes. pretty, it was pretty big. I would have put my head there. 
<laughs> that would have been good. I'll just put a huge smile on the bulldog. This bulldog's got like 32 teeth that are smiling out at you like. <laughs> I, I would have put my name on the back, but every teammate would have had my name on their back. As <laughs> <laughs> would have been tough for the commentators. Johnson to Johnson, although it felt like that in the yeah. last five minutes. Uh, true. <laughs> um, a lot of listener mail about uh, you getting hit by a golf cart driver <laughs> at training. I guess this is – so you've got the Moorcroft mark, you've got – being yeah. hit by a goal, golf cart. We're just going through your sportsman's night speeches, really. Um, uh, uh, Chris wants to know, did the golf cart driver at least buy you a beer? Uh, so no, Noel, Noel taught me, it was called Vic Kick back in the day, right? So when I was growing up in Hoppers Crossing, Noel worked at Mossfield Primary and he taught me Vic Kick because my primary school didn't have it. So I had to go to Mossfield Primary to do it. So he taught me to play the game. Um, and uh, and then he finished my career as well at the back end. So, <laughs> <laughs> but now nah, Noel, Noel was a legend. I, I had a could because of that and growing up in Hoppers with him. I had a re- great relationship with him the whole way through. I still still chat to him today. Um, and it's just one of those things. Unfortunately, I was fighting my way back from injury. I got back, um, and then. Got hit by the cart and missed a month. Missed a month oh, of footy. Missed oh, a month. Forget so hit by a golf cart. The, the legend of the Jono incident lived on all the yeah. way through my career because Rowan Smith would not let anyone drive that cart without <laughs> yelling at them to be careful. You know, Bill Hector used to drive it. Jade O'Shea, the two property guys. Seriously, Boydie, who who decided that golf carts were a good idea on a footy field? Uh, <laughs> when they started putting the utility belt on the back with all the water, the boys seemed like it was a pretty good idea. <laughs> Yeah, but they they really did. Like Bubba is like militant about it. Every day, he's like, what are you doing, Bill? What's where you driving? Don't you know the history of this car? He's got more than one career. Um, no, so uh, it's lived on, mate. It's it's lasted the test of time with uh with young uh, young Bubba. Mick wants to know uh, who's the best bulldog you've seen. Now that could be a teammate, or that could be uh, a current player. It could be a you know, or someone you grew up watching. Yeah. Um, oh, look, Granny was 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 my favourite. Like he he was dominating at seventeen when I was fifteen. So you can imagine that you know, just watching him and going, "Wow, how good's this? How good's this guy?" Um, kicking fifty goals in his first year, and some of the things he did at training, Granny, that no one would have seen. He was phenomenal. Like he was unbelievable, left and right class. He was nicknamed the Rolls Royce for a reason. Um, so he was um, he was he was probably the best, um, and then and then what what Bont's doing seriously by the by the end of his career. I know I've, I've said this on Fox, but by the end of his career, he, with what he could achieve, he he'd probably take over the mantle as being the number one mm. um, dog of all time. Where yeah. do we put his statue, and what should he be doing? Uh, so, so this is the bad thing. Ted's kicking it to Charlie. The rest of you have just got to be like off the ball doing stuff. Yeah, that's I, it. I think we just bring another ball in and just make him do his famous like right hand fend, left hand with the ball under his arm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah that no. works. That, that'll look good. We put him in the cafe. That'll look sensational. That that goalie kick last year over in the was it last year the over West. in the West on the boundary line? Oh, West Coast, yeah. Oh my god. That was that and we, we speak about that game a lot, John. We have a few times on the show because I think if we were looking at one specific example of why the Bulldogs were good last year, it was going over to Perth, staying yep. inside for seven days, and then going out and dominating the Eagles over there. And so, like, my message to all of the very frustrated, um, broken-hearted fans for 2022 is if we look like that, we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, so, yeah, I think, I think he, he's, he's a favourite of everyone, but you can see why, because he's just class. He's just How- smooth. 
How have you gone with the healing process, uh, John? Do you just put your professional hat on? Did you have to like do analysis after the game? Were you working at Fox Footy that night? Of, oh, are we grand, talking grand about final, grand final, final yeah. last year? Yeah, I was I was working and and Fox looked after me a, a treat. Half time was still going well. Bond kicks his third in the in the third quarter, up and about, yep. and then Melbourne went bang. So I did the first segment after the game and. I got a little voice in my ear saying, you can go home on the ad break. It was, it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like I was level and I was well done, Melbourne, uh, all that, all that. And it was. It was a great – we'd experienced in 2016. So the emotion of it all and, yeah. and, and Donna's family are all mad, Melbourne. So <laughs> I understood, understood the passion that was, uh, that was around. Um, and, and so, look, I was wrapped for – Wrapped to, to see that, having experienced it a few years earlier after a long drought. Um, but then I was glad to get the call to uh, to disappear because you know then then it was like it was real. You know we we missed up we missed an opportunity when you know we, we were dominating the game and just fell away. So if everyone's mad Melbourne, did you actually go home afterwards or? Yeah, well, I I I, I drove straight home. We're in lockdown. There's nothing got a, you couldn't have done anything oh, else. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> but I call. I got a call from um, my father-in-law saying you got to come and have a beer with me. Oh. And then and then I, I couldn't do I couldn't do it. <laughs> I, had to, yeah. I had to come home. I caught up with him the next day and uh, and and he celebrated. I drowned drowned the sorrows of uh, of the dogs, but no, nah, couldn't do it. Yeah. And how have you gone though in the months uh, past? Like we're going to do a special just before the men's season kicks off about the healing process and uh, and how yeah. we we deal with it. How have you gone? No, I'm I'm good as gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how'd you get there? How'd you yeah, get to good I, as gold? I've always had that always had that mindset since finishing that I, I can't change the result. You know, I get flat, I get excited, do all that sort of stuff. But but ultimately, I, I can't dictate you know the the result of the game. So that's how I get through it. You know what I mean? It's it's quite simple the process that I that I go through. I'm, I've always been one to move on pretty quickly in terms of uh, you know not dwelling on on what's going on in the past as a player. So I suppose I still do that now, watching the boys go around. Yeah, that works. That works. And how excited are you for 2022? Well, 2022. Let's go with the women's first. Like uh, that amazing win against the Crows. That was. Just mind blowing. Made even better for me. Well, not. It was really annoying on the day uh, because Ko was down until the last ten minutes. Okay. I was like trying to get Ko to work. I was in Brisbane in a in a pub, and they wouldn't show it because the Winter Olympics were on. It's bloody Brisbane, and I'm just trying to refresh <laughs> it on my phone. And then finally, it got it to work, and we were. Uh, uh, I think it was Bonnie Tugard just put its three goals yep. up, and I'm going sweet. This is brilliant. I'll get to enjoy this. And then Adelaide went bang, bang, bang. Yep. But the last few seconds was just so mind blowing. Were you watching it? Yeah, it was intense. We watched most of the games, to be honest. Um, and yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a tight finish to to the season, no question. So it's it's going to be it's going to be good. Hopefully, the girls gain a lot of obviously they will gain a lot of confidence from that because Adelaide were on fire. You know what I mean? Is what they're able to produce so far so far this year. Um, you know, there's there's some challenges out there still. You know, I think the, I think Melbourne are you know are just a really strong, consistent team. Um, in the competition, and Frio are absolutely dominating. Ebony Antonio, we know well. She wears the she wears the vest, and she is just starring this year. Like she's having just an, an unbelievable year. And you, you talk about a girl that, or a player, I should say that you know she's an electrician by day, and and then uh, and then plays footy on the on the weekends and trains and all that sort of stuff. So she just digs in, and and she's having a star of a year. And Frio, Frio are probably the team to beat, I reckon. But hopefully the girls, the dogs, girls can get themselves. Well, we almost the- beat them. I was at the Dogs Frio game on the Tuesday yep. night. It was it was great. 
Yeah, it was. It was a good, good, another good game of footy. So they know they can compete against the best. So they'll get confidence from that, no doubt, in the latter part of this season. And how do you think the men will go? Do you reckon, uh, you know, you, you, genuinely, you know, we're not, we're not on Fox footy here. Be as biased <laughs> as you want. Uh, and no. prepare our listeners. Do, I, I have a feeling we're going to start slowly and then build up. No, it's, it's, it, no I, I just sort of disagree a little bit. I think we'll just tick along as per normal. We'll get enough of the ball. McRae and Bont and Dunks and these guys through the, through the midfield will, will, will dominate. Um, you know, the, I suppose the big question mark is, you know, with Josh Bruce out, Aaron Norton, and, um, and will he be able to sort of really hold it up um, down there? So hopefully some of the younger guys, you know, really sort of get a bigger opportunity this year, but that's up to them whether they, whether they get that. We know we've got some stars on the list, some young stars that can, that can do that. So it's top four, I think. I think the, I think the club just need an easy get, – get themselves in the position. They did last year. But they, the last three weeks weren't great, and they finished fifth and have to go the hard road to to make a granny uh, when they're a top four team all year. So actually, securing that that top four spot is probably the the thing that I'll just be watching the most this year. If they get themselves into that position, then realistically could make you know a, a second straight grand final because they're they're a strong outfit. They're consistent across the line. Look at the smile on your you, face, you, Danny. You've made Daddy's day. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing, none of this has happened yet. But I know, I know. I just like to dream. Actually, I got, I got two more questions, uh, Brad. Who did you? Who was your big? What team did you like beating the most when you played? All of them. Yeah. Uh, there, well, there wasn't one that you that I that I really hated. Es- Essendon was always nice because they were around the corner. Same with North Melbourne. So, um, so they were always two good wins to have, especially with how close they were to the to the club. Any interstate win was like gold. Oh yeah. 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 They they were they were brilliant. Um so especially in ninety seven when, you know, we'd have a win and you'd go celebrate afterwards. So it was um it was always always good fun. We had, you know, we had we played hard and we we enjoyed our time as well. We had a really good mix, but beating anyone, honestly. Was a good one. All right, final question. Do you think uh, uh, Nicola Sturgeon should hold a second independence referendum in Scotland? <laughs> Are you seriously finishing with this, Danny? Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> no, no, he's, he's going to ask you one more question than he usually <laughs> Well, we sort of talked about the, the – all right, the other one – first of all, what's your answer? Do you think Scotland should have independence? <laughs> What do you think, Danny? I think absolutely it should. Okay, then. All right. What did you agree? Brilliant. I don't know, mate. I'm from Denmark, mate. We we don't don't fraternise with Scotland too much. (laughs) And finally, um, well, the other question we always ask is, uh, who do you think really should have won the North Smith? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I just can't go back on it now, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Good answer. All right. if If you take away your Kennedy vote, you can only vote for the dogs. Who do you who do you, you bump Boydy up to second? Who do you who do you give the third one to? Oh, who I would have given third to Bond. Yeah. Okay, nice. J, JJ Boydy Bond. If if Bond had had five more touches, he would have been right in there for yeah. But he just uh, he was still well. He was I was only he would have still been twenty. I think I was twenty. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. twenty. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was amazing. All right, um, Brad, where, where can we get some Xena stuff? Which shops is it in, or do we have to uh, order we're, online? We're purely, well, we're not purely. We're in a couple of sort of stores, but only in a small way. But mainly all online, just at our, our website, xenasport.co, Instagram as well, xenasport underscore co. Hey. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, check check it out. Um, have have a look. If you've got any questions, just you know, feel free to shoot me an email. We'll we'll answer them all for you and. We can look after the individual, the club, whatever 
Oh, so what what you've just done there, Brad, is you've just admitted that you're you are behind the email address. (laughs) So if any dogs fans want to contact you directly. Danny, we're a family business, mate. There's two of us in it. You know, and <laughs> yes. Who else is going to email it? We don't have a PA. <laughs> no one else is there. A robot's not answering the emails. I guarantee you, I guarantee you that. We're answering everything. That's well, fantastic. Well, well, there we go. You. A direct line on how you can contact Brad Johnson. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> mate, thanks so much for coming along uh, on our show. We, we will uh, get you back, definitely, because there's we only scratched the surface of the stories we wanted to ask you. Uh, thanks so much. Thanks, John. Uh, it's honestly been awesome fun, guys. I really, really appreciate it and enjoy the year. It's Today's episode was proudly brought to you by 8-Star Energy, creating energy for the future and power you can count on. Follow them on Facebook, 8-Star Energy. I give my childhood to that role Of the red, white and blue sea And the knowledge that you had to love The bulldog boys and me Twenty years on, I feel that longing Hanging in September air But the reason I go every week Is to pretend you're still there And they will find the glory one day And I will throw it at your feet It's a long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets Long, long road they're running for you The dogs and foot's gray streets